advantage of the day. Right. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello, Chiefs Kingdom, and welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holters with you, voice of the Chiefs, along with Chiefs reporter Matt McMullen. And, of course, in the middle, the man in the middle, he is the shop, he's the barber shop, he's the Spider-Man, University of Richmond graduate, and an NFL veteran and community leader and ambassador, Sean Barber. Okay, before we get into anything, we need to remind you that the Defending the Kingdom podcast is brought to you by... 360 Vodka, Kansas City's hometown vodka, and the official vodka of the Chiefs' kingdom. All right. Now, let's first, before we jump into everything here, we are now hearing you are listening and watching uh, all around the globe to Defending the Kingdom. We're kind of, we should have a map up here to, to like, yeah, little pins, pins. Little pins in it. What do we got this week? Where are, we, uh, where are people watching and listening to Defending the Kingdom? Yeah, so we're very busy every week. This is the best part of my week besides game day <laughs> is reading where all these people are listening from because it's, it's so cool. So we'll start with the global perspective. We have a listener in Uzbekistan, so Central Asia. Yes. We've reached Central Asia. Right. DTK is finally there. Love it. Uh, David in Quebec. He's a native Kansan but now lives in Quebec. Okay. So we're, we're up in uh, Quebec. Michael from Zurich, so Central Europe. Yeah. Um, we have a listener from Jakarta, Indo. Indonesia, uh, and then also a listener in Brazil. We're big in Brazil, I've noticed, which is yeah. very exciting. Brazil's, I don't know, if it, maybe it was Cairo Santos that got yeah. it started, but yes, we have a lot of Brazilian fans. Yeah, and Paulo Orlando on the Royals, you know, we, oh, yeah. Kansas City has, has uh, Brazil figured out. For sure. And also a few people around the country, Luis in Reno, Nevada, and then Fred in Fort Worth, Texas. I love it. Love the how cosmopolitan or how uh, diverse it is. But, yes, we've made it to Uzbekistan. <laughs> so for all of our Chiefs fans in Uzbekistan, We'll be there. Um, but thanks for joining us on this edition of Defending the Kingdom. This episode we are calling Staring at the Steering Wheel. All right. Fix it. Indulge me here as we get started. Just indulge me here a second because this is where uh, this is coming from. 2015, the Chiefs had lost five out of six games to start the year. We were one in five. Uh, expectations were high for that year. We're flaming from both engines and have to make looks like a crash landing. We had just beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers, who did not have Ben Roethlisberger. They had to play the backup that day. But I'm staring at my steering wheel well after the game, hours after the game, and just sitting in a parking lot thinking, and we're getting ready to go to London to play the Detroit Lions, who were actually pretty good that year. And I'm thinking, where's this going? And all of a sudden, I look up, and Andy Reid's pickup was going by and going out the parking lot. And I thought, okay, let's go. The other night, after a 38-20 to 20 loss to the Buffalo Bills, it's about one something something in the morning. I'm sitting out in the parking lot and I'm staring at the steering wheel, like what just happened in a two and three start, and where are we and what's going on? I kid you not, guys. I look up, Andy Reid's pickups driving by me, <laughs> and I thought, okay, let's go. It'll be all right. So on that, we're staring at the steering wheel. But I'm seeing Andy Reid's pickup drive by. Let's deal with it. Uh, Matt, I'll start with you. Uh, and this is a little bit of a feeling after the loss to the Chargers, but, but different at two and three. And then getting walloped by the Bills, let's be honest. Um, that wasn't a one-point squeaker. Your thoughts as we stare at the steering wheel thinking, all right, let's go and move forward. Well, this is something that we haven't dealt with a whole lot 
in the Patrick Mahomes era, certainly, and then also really in the Coach Reed era overall. You mentioned the time back in 2015, the 1-5 start. But overall, this team doesn't lose much, and it really doesn't snowball much. We certainly don't lose big very often. That's why I think Sunday was so surprising. The good news is that we know the team that we have. We've seen them for years now, and we know the culture that we have. We talk a lot about the culture when we're winning, and it's fun to do, but you need the culture when things like this are going on. And we know what we have in Coach Reed. We know what we have in Patrick Mahomes and the leaders on this team. So that gives me confidence we can figure it out. Also, and this can be part of a broader conversation we'll have later, but the issue in my mind is very clear, and it's turnovers right now, at least offensively. We'll talk about the defense in a bit, but turnovers are the problem offensively. This offense right now, at least in terms of what they can do moving the football, is historically good. They have 136 first downs this season. That's the, that's the fifth most <laughs> through week five in NFL history. The problem is turnovers. They're not finishing drives because they're turning the ball over. You can't turn the ball over four times against good football teams like they did against the Chargers and the Bills. And that's part of the issue of what's going on right now. And I believe that it's fixable, uh, the turnovers right now. And the defense seems to figure it out as well. But uh, the turnovers offensively, we're not used to seeing that from this team. This team doesn't beat themselves, and they've been beating themselves recently. Shop, staring at the steering wheel early in the morning or late at night or whatever when night becomes day and day becomes night and Andy Reid's pickup goes by. Assess the situation. Um, I mean, I've been here before. I've been here where, you know, the the cards don't add up. Um, you know, that poker hand and none of it goes together. You think, what am I going to do? How many cards am I going to take? I'll just take five new ones and try to make it, happen, make it work. Um, but I like what Matt's saying. I mean, offensively, when you think about turnovers, um, that's an attitude adjustment. That's a that's a each individual player just thinking, um, I got to take care of the ball. I got I got to be a little higher, tight. Um, I got to realize other teams are going to be smacking at the ball because when you lay the ball down or create um, tip balls that end up being pick sixes and turnovers, what that does it motivates next week's defense to be even more of a ball hawk, to be even more passionate to come after that that football. They're not going to be trying to secure tackles because what Matt says is true. We're going to have more first downs than any other team in NFL history. We're going to move the ball up and down the field. So if I'm a defense, the only way to turn that pendulum back to our favor is to constantly be doing what, what uh, Peanut Tillman did for his whole career, continuously punch at that ball, trying to create a turnover so that we leave points off the ball, empty possessions. We can't afford to have empty possessions when we're trying to right the ship. I asked Andy Reid on Monday night on the Chiefs Kingdom show. We had kind of the same discussion. He said, first of all, trust the process. It's easy to panic in this situation, and it's easy to panic for those outside the fort, right? Two, we talked about it the way defenses are now playing the Chiefs offense. Safety's back. Hey, you've got to be patient. So now all of a sudden you're going to lead the world in first downs because the Wasp play and the – Big plays had against Cleveland and uh, against Philadelphia just aren't going to happen very often, all right? So now you have 14 play drives. But Coach Reed said this, we were discussing it, your mental, this goes back to Shop's point, your mental and your uh, emotional and physical awareness has to be the same or more on the 13th, 14th, and 15th play of the drive as it was on play one, two, and three. And sometimes you can lose your focus just a bit, false start, maybe a hold, maybe a cheat a bit, or a lot of these turnovers have happened after offensive gains, even some of double-digit. And shop to your point, I am noticing on video where teams are coming in and getting extra physical, feel like they can whack you at the end of a 12-yard gain and get the ball out. Think of the play against the Chargers. Tyreek's at the five, right? 
But they're thinking, we're going to go in and just slobber knock him and get the ball out. So I'm going to get to you, Matt, here in a second. But let's just ping off this a second of keeping your mental, physical, emotional focus in the middle or at the end of a 15-play drive or in the red zone. Yeah, and what makes it so tough for our team is because we are so uber successful. We are so um, – we get positive yards all the time. We get big plays. We get big chunks. Our team has no problem moving the ball up and down the field. So as a defense, when you're up against the wall and you're facing the Chiefs, you have no options. You know they're going to get big play- – you, you know that you can't run with Cheetah man, uh, uh, one-on-one. You know that you're, you don't have the ability to really stay with, the, with Kelsey in zone coverage. So what are you going to do? Hey, we're going to protect the back end, protect deep, make them throw it to the flats. Run, hustle, try to knock the ball out. Don't worry about securing a tackle, right? We're not worried about getting them down. We want to make sure that we get them with the ball loose so the second, third guy in can try to strip that ball out, create more and more plays, keep them snapping the ball. And what history has shown them this season is that the ball has come out. And not even just on offense. It happened last week in special teams. Right? Right after they score, it's time for us to go score again. And what we do? Boom. Give them the ball back. Now we're down double digits, you know. Um, and, and that is so hard to do when you're talking about how to stay focused into a game. Because you know our offense, right after that 17-play drive I think we started the game with, was couldn't wait to get that defense tired back on the field again to make them pay again. But what happens? An unfortunate turnover turns it back over to their offense and now allows them to take the lead. When I think that – you know, however that game would have went, we could have went toe-for-toe with them all day long. But those turnovers, four turnovers, is what cost you the difference in that game being a, um, a staying close enough to give us a chance to win at the end. And situationally, it was 10-7. If you get a stop and get it back, now you go ahead by two scores, everything changes. Same thing with same scenario with the Charger game. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I, I agree with that. And the thing with this Chiefs offense is it's hard because they've been so explosive. They've been the most explosive offense in the NFL since Patrick Mahomes got here. But it's about being comfortable with being a little bit boring. And we've seen them have success with that, with taking what the defense gives them. We saw it against Philadelphia. They had seven possessions in that game, six touchdown drives. So they can do it. They can go the length of the field with the best of them. That was a pretty good defense that Philadelphia has and a very good defensive line. But if you have turnovers or you have negative plays, you have penalties, all of a sudden you can't do that. You can't. You don't want to be in second and 15 or third and long. It just makes it very hard to go the length of the field. So I think being comfortable with taking what's there. If Patrick Mahomes has to scramble for six yards, like we saw him do quite a bit against Buffalo because there's no defenders there, you just take that. Or if Tyree Kill's open in the flat, which he's always open in the flat, it seems like. That's an unstoppable play. You take that. And the exciting thing is that the Chiefs have dealt with this kind of thing before where they've struggled with a defensive concept. It was man coverage a couple years ago. They had struggled with man coverage, which is hilarious now because they're the best offense in the NFL against man coverage. So my hope is that the Chiefs will get comfortable with being a little bit boring against these shell coverages with two safeties deep. And once they can adapt and figure it out, all of a sudden, good luck to the NFL. Hey, you're going to stop the Chiefs because the big plays will then come. But uh, it's just an adjustment period right now, trying to figure out how to be comfortable with being boring and beating these defenses. And one of those adaptation points goes back to what we were mentioning. If you're going to have a 14-play drive, you've got to keep your edge for all 14 plays because that game started the other day with a 17-play drive that ended in a three. Have to finish those. Hold. And so that, and that's where teams are seeing that they can get it. Hey, it doesn't matter. The 14th play, we'll pop it out. We'll go peanut Tillman on them. You didn't get anything out of it. Took some time off and ran a bunch of plays, but you didn't score. So I think it's a great point, Matt, but part of that adaptation is training yourself to be that way, not just saying, hey, this is boring, but going, this is a 15-round fight every time we're on the field. This isn't going to be a 75-yard touchdown pass all the time. Okay, now 
Again, this episode, we're calling it Staring at the Steering Wheel. Twice in my career, 15 and just the other night, I'm staring at my steering wheel in the parking lot hours after the game only to see Andy Reid's pickup go by going, yeah, we're good. All right, but let's talk defense here because that's what everybody's talking about in Washington and in the Chiefs kingdom. And, Shop, this is right in your wheelhouse because you played defense in this league for over a decade and you played with these two teams. Let's start with this week's opponent. We'll get to the Chiefs kingdom in a minute because I know you've been discussing it at your water cooler, coffee shop, or whatever. But Washington, coming into the 2021 season shop, was thought to have, by those outside of their fan base, to have the best defense in the NFL. Chase Young is a dog. Montez Sweat is a dog. These guys, and I mean D-A-W-G, <laughs> these guys won their division and got to the playoffs last year, mainly because of that defense. And it's like, what happened? They are Chiefs and the Washington football team are 31-32, 32-31. In all of the major metrics, most of them defensively. As you look at this Washington team defensively, and with a veteran defensive coordinator, because I said we got two veteran defensive coordinators that are not sleeping at all. Spags for us, and Jack Del Rio, who's been around the block 400 times. <laughs> they ain't sleeping shop. What's going on? And let's start with Washington's defense. Well, I think what we see in both franchises is that defensively, we have guys that have been long in the tooth. That means they've been around a while. It's a lot of film on them. They do what they do. They're not going to change their stripes. They're not going to all of a sudden try to reinvent what they do on the defense side of the ball because they believe defense is one being tougher, hard-nosed, smarter, being harder, a harder striker, hitting the ball, stripping the ball, creating turnovers. But you got to be sound. And those little nuances, little details about in man coverage, when we got three on two and we're going to switch, we all got to be on the same page. We can't have two guys chasing the wrong guy and leaving somebody one-on-one -on -one by themselves. And we can't allow – offenses to dictate which matchups they're going to create. And I think both sides, uh, both teams defensively, if you watch the film, offenses have been able to dictate who is going to guard who, and then the offense has been able to go ahead and target out. You talk about that, that lamb, <laughs> that, that, that wounded lamb, when it's a pack of lambs and, and, the, and the tigers are trying to, the, the lions are going to attack, they're picking out that wounded lamb, and then it's all, you know, hey, it's all, it's, all, it's all game then point. At that point, everything, everyone has to be on the exact same page. And I think when we go motion and shift, we see a lot of movement going on. It's because offensively, they're trying to figure out who they're going to attack. The Washington football team, their secondary has been attacked early and often. They've been having, trying to fabricate some pressure because of the guys up front. Their, their normal front four that's been getting there all last season, all they needed was four guys. And those front four guys have been getting there. Well, yep. guess what? Chase Young is a speed guy. He's a power guy. They've been sitting really hard on his outside shoulder, forcing him back inside. And what you've seen, teams been able to scramble, create some extra time, and what that does, it puts a little bit of hesitation on that back end. How long do we have to cover? And you see a mirror image of what's going on here in Kansas City. The same thing. Both of these defenses are facing the same thing. It's a lack of trust, Sometimes a lack of accountability and responsibility. But either way, it's given up a lot of yardage and a lot of points to other teams. 85 plays, they've given up 10 yards or more, the Washington football team. That's the most in the NFL. If I would have told you that last January, you'd have gone, dude, you're on something. It's just crazy, but it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. But there are good defenders on this team. Matt, what are you thinking when you see this Washington football team defense, which is giving up 100 yards more per game in the passing game, and an average of 10 more points per game than a year ago. It's shocking is what it is. I mean, if you're coming into the season, you can make an argument that the Washington football team had the best defense in the NFL. And a lot of young, good players along the defensive line. Four first-round picks 
along with the defensive line. So they've invested in this over time with the idea that our defense can be our anchor. That's what we can have moving forward and build our team around that. And it worked last year. I mean, with Alex Smith, at quarterback, and that defense playing the way they did, got them to the playoffs. But this year, it's just not it's not working. Um, so they're not creating pressure this year like they did last season. They only have nine sacks this year. It's near the bottom of the league. And it's allowing teams to throw all over them, like you mentioned. I mean, second most passing touchdowns allowed, sixth most passing yards allowed in the NFL, second most air yards allowed. So it's not just yards after the catch. It's just blown coverages. Uh, and then also a third down has been a major problem for this team. 56% uh, teams are converting third downs on these guys. That's the second highest rate in the NFL. The thing is you can't take these guys lightly because they still have Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Like, these guys are going to figure it out. Like, this will not be a defense that is the worst defense in the NFL for a long time. They're, I think what they're dealing with right now is they're a young team and teams are adjusting to them, and they'll figure it out, just hopefully not this week. Yeah, I mean, they got good guys, as Shop said, good guys. In the, Landon Collins has been around a long time. Uh, Kendall Fuller. Thank you for Kendall, the interception <laughs> to seal Super Bowl 54 forever in our hearts. But now he's on the Washington football team. You mentioned the coordinators here, though, and the fact that Spags and Jack Del Rio are guys that have been around for decades in this league. Uh, but how much is it gnaw at them to see what's going on? And sometimes you try to figure out to go, I'll, I'll try even harder. I'm going to pedal the bike faster. When you've been in the situation as a defender, as a player, and you played for veteran defensive, you had Jim Johnson. Yes, sir. Right? One of my favorite defensive coordinators of all time in this league. But someone who's been in this role before, you said, I've been here before. And you've got a veteran defensive coordinator. Walk us through that and the dynamics that are involved there. So I think that everybody has to be a man, right? You have to, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and realize what your job is, what your responsibility is on each and every play. Well, effort and attitude are not something that you can look to your coach for. All he can do is get you lined up and, t and tell your responsibility. The problem I'm seeing a lot on the field is that when I watch the film is, is, is effort, is attitude. It's guys not finishing through the echo of the, of, of, of the whistle. Uh, when you don't do that, you allow plays that, that might have been an incomplete pass to end up being caught. And then instead of tackling for a guy for a five-yard gain, he's showing more effort, scrounging around, crawling for an extra two yards. And so instead of it being a third and five, now it's a third and three. And that's a big difference. You know, every inch on that football field, you gotta, you got to be willing to give up your body, your soul. you got to be willing to every second you got to be chasing that ball like it's the most important thing. That play has got to be the most important thing um, in your mind um, um, until that play's over. And I, and I see from a pass rush um, standpoint, when a quarterback breaks the pocket, we have guys that are starting to let up a little bit. They aren't – the, the passion to get to the ball is not the, the ultimate um, um, priority sometimes. And then on the back end, you know, we, we've seen it over and over again. Sometimes miscommunication, sometimes just um, seeing more things than you should. Man coverage is very simple. You got to guard your man. You got to stay with your man until the play is over. Mm. Not halfway through the play, not just a portion of the play. That is your man throughout the whistle. And we can't be keep making excuses for each other, um, trying to do something that's not your responsibility. And I think that if we look at that and everybody looks themselves in the mirror, you know, I brought this, these books called Real Man for a simple reason. <laughs> It's a book study. I'm I still going want to read those. <laughs> you told a, me about those a long time. That's ago. right. It's a book study I'm doing, and it, and it talks about you know how you get powered up. How do you power up that manhood? It goes back to fundamentals. The fundamentals. You gotta you gotta you gotta have character. You gotta be trustworthy, right? You gotta be somebody that stands for something. And each person on this field, every, D line, linebackers, secondary guys, you gotta know where you fit and what your responsibilities on every defense, and you can't abandon ship. 
You can't go rogue. You can't put on a cape and try to do more than you're supposed to do because defensively, you're one of 11. But all 11 got to be on the same page for it to work, and that's not like it works on offense. Offense, you can have a, a, a cheetah take off and Pat just throw it down there. All the other nine guys can be wrong, and you end up getting a touchdown. Defensively, it doesn't work that way. All 11, all in on every play. Yes, that pack mentality we talk about, and when, when the Chiefs do it, we see it, and, and yet fighting to see it. Statistically, we have to be honest, and we're being positive here. Staring at the steering wheel means I saw Andy Reid's truck go by. I know, let's go. I know what that means. But statistically, the Chiefs are fighting a lot of negative vibe here because it, you can't paint this with a brush. Mm -hmm. Like, it's there staring at you, and as a defense, you're looking at these numbers going, this has got to get better. Well, that's the important thing is you can't hide from it. I mean, you can be positive and still believe in the team while still acknowledging that there's issues going on and that we know this team can be better. Uh, and we know that. And that's why when you have a, a guy like Steve Spagnuolo who's been around the block, won multiple Super Bowls, you have faith in that guy. He's not just a a hotshot young defensive coordinator and his schemes aren't working. He's been around. He knows what he's doing. So you have faith in that guy. You have faith in guys like Tyron Matthew and uh, Chris Jones. Hopefully he's healthy this week. We'll see what the injury report says about him. But you have faith in your guys that have been around, that have won Super Bowls, and that have had a lot of success in this league that could be leaders and know what they're doing. One thing that I've been watching that has been an issue for the defense, I believe, and we've talked about this, is second down. So early in the season against the Ravens, we talked about how first down was an issue. The Ravens got like eight yards on first down. It's very hard to get off the field if you're allowing that many yards on first down. Well, ironically enough, against the Chargers and even against the Bills in many instances, the Chiefs were good on first down. The issue was second down because if it's second and ten and you allow six, seven, eight yards – it's third and two, and when you're a talented offense like the Bills and you have Josh Allen and when he can run, you have all these weapons, you can pick that up. It's very hard to get off the field if you're allowing a lot of yards and second down. The focus that we've been talking about here has to be present on all three downs and, and four downs in some cases, like when we're playing the Chargers. You have to get off the field, and it you have to force the offense into long situations, and when they're facing, you know, third and three, third and two, that's much easier for them. So second down is a real priority, I think, for this defense moving forward. Excellent points. And Matt and Shop, one of the things I value about being with this team for 28 seasons is I have friends that played right for this team. So I'll reach out to them at times. We had Keith Cash on the show on Monday night right after Coach was on, and, and I'll ask them, you know, like I ask you. And, and one of the things is you cannot fracture. It is so easy to fracture. It's easy to fracture offense to defense, defense to offense. Oh, yeah. You and I have had lots of talks about this. Football is very unique in that situation. And you cannot fracture. That goes back to coaches trusting the process and trusting the culture. You alluded to it. So you can't start, hey, I'm doing what I'm doing. What are you supposed to do kind of stuff. That just, it, it just, it's, uh, it's, it's hydrochloric acid that eats at your team. All right. That being said, your second down thing is something that is really – I've looked at it closely, too, over the last three weeks. First down was an issue at the beginning of the year. That kind of got fixed. Second down has now become the crux of the matter. It leads me to the shopmeister here because there have been times the Chiefs have gone to a 6DB look. We saw them work on it at camp all the time. We saw it in the last couple of years. 6DBs with one linebacker on second down and long. What teams have done? They check to a run. The Chiefs are ready to seize the momentum in the area charger game. Second down and nine, Herbert checks to a run nine yards by, by Eckler. Now it's third and one. All is right in the Charger world. The other day, Josh Allen, after first down, boom, stuff. They try to run a perimeter stretch run. Bango. Second down long. Go to a 6DB look. He sees it. He runs off quarterback power. 
stays in it. Make sure we're in, in, and then he runs off again and runs off again and runs off again and gets 40-some yards on that drive. Now, I'm not saying it's a wrong scheme, or right or wrong, but shop. I'm, here's, if you're going to play a 6-DB scheme, which looks like a pass defense, talk to us about still playing the run. Exactly. Or if I'm in a base defense like the Cleveland game where they're running three tight ends and you're base with three linebackers and four DBs, I still got to play the pass. Exactly. Talk to me about that because to me, Matt – in, in reviewing the video, I'm going, right now, that to me is the crux of this matter. It comes down to, like we said, mindset. Um, no matter what the personnel, right, 6 DBs, 5 DBs, 3 safeties, 2 no matter how you, um, how you build it out, it's still positions on the field. Defensively, you have to be ready if you're in the box to take on a lineman, to take them on with the right leverage. When you got to be ready to come up, shock, shell, uh, disengage, go make a tackle. You got to be able to wrap up a ball carrier, not allow him to leak out your, your grass for an extra two or three yards because he wants it more than you. And that over and over again, that desire to be a physical uh, a mentality ball player, you, you don't check your physicality when you got six DBs in. Be, being a, a, a down that's called a passing down because it's um, third and long or second and long, that doesn't Check your, your aggression. You don't, you don't stop being aggressive because, the, um, because you think the offense is going to pass the ball. Your aggression level has to be at an all-time high every snap on that football field. At any point, if your opponent thinks that you're playing uh, um, um, hesitant, soft, with no confidence, with no, um, um, with, with, with no aggression, then they get the momentum. They get the, the advantage. And you got to take that back. You got to take that bet. Every chance you got a chance to lay a hat or a helmet on somebody, on every play, you get the chance to make a statement. And I see it from the opening whistle of our game. We were having the Buffalo Bills last week hit Pat late, land on them late. It gets us chirping at the, at the refs. And then when it's time to make a call, who gets called for the rough and the passer? We do. You see their DBs, they got called for multiple holding calls, defensive holding downfield, pass interference. They let the offense, they let the, the referees know this is going to be a physical game. And so then late in the game, those same chucks, the officials like, I don't know if I'm going to call that against them. And they, they're allowed to be a little bit more physical. Where on the other side of the, of, of the coin, we're playing a little bit less aggressive. We're, we're away, we're letting them run routes. And late in the game, a little bit of legal contact, we get flagged for offensive pass interference. We get flagged for uh, defensive holding and things like that. So it's just a mentality of how you want to start a game. I, want, I think that defense is meant to be a physical ball game, and you cannot let the referees dictate how you're going to play defense and what you're going to do on the, on the defense side of the ball game. you got to be ready from the first snap to the last to make sure that they understand you're going to be the aggressor, you're going to be the intimidator, you're going to be the hammer and not the nail. Whether I'm in nickel or I'm in dime Personnel don't or matter. I'm in base. And that's where I think, again, is the crux of the matter. It's not just physical. It's also mental and emotional. And if I'm one of those down guys, because that means I'm outnumbered, I got five big guys blocking me, and I might be a Nadi or a Jaron Reed or a Turk Wharton or a, a, a Colin Saunders, and I get double teamed, okay. It's not the first time somebody's been double teamed mm -hmm. in the NFL, right? you got to figure out a way. I'm going to whip their butts. If nothing else, I'm holding the fort. Or I'm gonna, I, I'm just gonna take it to you. You ain't gonna sit here and double team and whip me all day, and and that's I, and I'm seeing it on video. I just think that's that's where we're at right now, and I get excited when I see the pickup go by because I've seen this reaction before and the team react in the correct way. 
Yeah, I think getting Willie Gay Jr. back for extended snaps is going to help a lot with that because he's that hybrid linebacker that can play both the run and the pass and be effective at it. He can move with his speed laterally from sideline to sideline. He can cover tight ends with success, and also he can thump guys in the running game. What, he had like 20 snaps against the Bills? Yeah. So he's working back in there. It was a season debut. So uh, I'm excited to have so him back. It just so happened to be a coincidence when they got stops. Willie was on the field. That, well, he got most of his time in that third quarter. Well, and that was my point as well because if you're looking for positives because you have to look for positives to build on, right? Yep. I mean, we, we know it's been bad. So you have to find positives to build on. And those three defensive series for the Chiefs in the second half were encouraging. I mean, the Bills can put their foot in our throat there. They can really take it and, uh, and win the game and, and put it way out of reach right when the second half began. And they didn't because the defense gave us a chance and kept us in the game. That's all you can ask from a defense is to keep you in the game. And they did that. And, yeah, Willie Gay Jr. was a huge part of that. I, I also think they were playing with a certain intensity at that point. You could get, kind of feel it. It didn't feel like it did in the first half. They were playing with intensity, uh, and they were trying to set that tone and say, hey, you are in our stadium. You're not going to push us around. Now, we couldn't finish it, and it's too bad. But the defense played better in the second half on those, uh, those three defensive series, and I think Willie Gay was a big part of it. That's why I'm excited for this Washington football team game because I think I'm just anticipating that pickup driving by and seeing a change here. Uh, and it's not just physical, it's mental and emotional big time. Now we're going to close it out this way because, Shop, we need to give you a little bit of the floor. This is where you, you began your career. Um, and we've had the Shop tour here because two weeks ago we had Philly. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Somehow we've got to get Houston in here because you had a little time with them. But this is the team that took a chance on the – Outside backer from Richmond, right? And Spiders, FCS school, the Spider-Man, Washington said, we'll give this dude a shot. The emotion in your head as we get ready. To, we don't play these guys every four years. And we only go there every eight years. There's got to be a little twinge to you of, like, it's the Chiefs and the Washington football team. Man, I, I think I wake up every game day um, and I want to tape my fingers up. <laughs> I want to. I want to know what it feels like to, to 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 really wrap my hands around somebody and get, you know, get aggressive, get physical with somebody again. But um, I realize my time is done on the field, so now it becomes a mind game. It's all mentality now. So um, I just I just expect teams each um, each and every Sunday to realize the opportunity they have is right now. It's right here, right now. And I think players just they think they're going to play the game forever. Yeah. And when I played, I thought as a young guy coming out of Richmond, hey, I'm, I'm new to this league. I mean, I was a hometown hero there at Washington with the, with the, um, the Washington football team and then being able to play in front of all my friends and family, uh, all from that northern Virginia area. It was so exciting, but I took it for granted. I did not maximize my time off the field, studying my playbook, learning all the nuances of the defense the way that I did that when I had a chance to, in hindsight, look back, realize how much I left on the table. I left so many plays, right, and it come from a preparation standpoint, not getting enough uh, I'm sleep at night, not, not, not taking advantage of the nutrition or the weightlifting, not preparing my body and my mind to go out there and show um, how capable I was to actually go out there and be a top-end NFL player. I did some good things. Obviously, I did enough things to get um, brought here to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and be a part of the kingdom later on. But there are so many plays that, uh, so many regrets I think I had from not really going out there and really just 
uh, man, submerging myself in the moment I was in to really uh, absorb the defense and be a leader on the field. And, I, and w- what I'm so proud about of being a part of this organization is we have some really great defensive leaders. We got some guys that know what sacrifice takes. How are you supposed to play the game? And I just think they need to really share that with one another. We got some young guys we're counting on. Juan Thornhill's a you know, third-year guy, but, but, but he's still young as far as football snaps. He needs to realize it's never one snap more important than the rest. They all matter the same. And that preparation, the the trust your teammates have to have in you that you're prepared mentally and physically to do what you need to do on that back end is so important. Don't worry about the stats or what anybody – it's the team, the 11 guys, the 10 other guys on that field. If they trust in you and you're their guy, you'll get on that field and you'll make plays. That's as simple as it can be. I was around some really good people when I was at Washington, uh, Marco Coleman, Kennard Lang, uh, Deion Sanders, Bruce Smith. Uh, but the difference between some of the, the really great teams I enjoyed, it, it was a bunch of guys whose names you didn't even know. But we trusted one another and we hunted together as a unit. And then when we acquired some of those bigger name guys, a lot of times I would tell those guys to do a stunt, do a move. They blow it off. I'm going for a sack. I'm not, t- I'm not taking that big gap. And I couldn't trust the guys I was with on the field. And that was one of the most miserable moments of my life, knowing I had to play 16 games with a guy who I couldn't trust in front of me or mm-hmm. guys behind me who I couldn't trust where they was going to be at or what effort and attitude they was going to get. And that's the one thing I just want to say over and over again. Effort and attitude are the two things that are non-negotiable. They are not options on the football field. You have to be committed to give great effort and have a great physical attitude to play defensive football at a championship level. Words of wisdom and the whole thing not taking it for granted Matt you and I've talked about it too when you're a reporter of a team that you grew up with and uh-huh. loved and you're the voice of the team for 28 seasons every day is the best day the next day the next day like you cannot lose that yeah. if you do then time to move to do something else yeah I, I couldn't agree more and I agree with everything you said this guy fires me up every <laughs> no, single time like fires me up go. on a Wednesday here <laughs> it's a rainy Wednesday <laughs> But, you Turn know, in your kingdom letter jacket. The reality of it is, and we've heard it from the guys, is that yeah. there's all the noise, right? We're supposed to be going to the Super Bowl, and we're 2-3 and three right now. We know that. Today is the most important day. Exactly. And tomorrow? Tomorrow will be the most important day. And looking at this game, this game against the Washington football team here in week six, this is the most important game on the schedule. And next week, uh, you rinse and repeat. And that's what this team has to do right now. You can't get caught up in expectations or what the national media is saying or, hey, why aren't the Chiefs doing this and that? It doesn't matter. What matters is what's going on inside here and how they're attacking each and every day. That's how we get better. We'll close this way. Want to remind you that we're brought to you by 360 Vodka, Kansas City's hometown vodka, the official vodka, the Kansas City Chiefs. But you and I were on with the host uh, locally. And for whatever the human nature wants to run right back to the ledge or been rescued from the fire, and they want to run right back into the burning house, staring at the pickup, or staring at, I'm sorry, staring at my steering wheel, in those two instances, I saw a pickup go by, and it might as well have been a fire truck. And Andy Reid could be the fire fireman because he's done this time and time again. He specializes in it. So for all of us, as we get ready now to go to play the Washington football team, just a word of advice. Don't run back into the burning house when you realize you've been rescued or could be rescued or been rescued before. And here we go. So the Chiefs against the Washington football team for Matt McMullen and Shop himself who started his career in Washington and now uh, is blossoming in the next part of his life here in the Chiefs' kingdom. Enjoy this game and get ready. And remember, 
when you're staring at the steel, steering wheel, just remember Andy Reid's pickup going by. Ten, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.